Hello, everybody. Welcome to my home. I'm Dennis Prager, and just about every week of the year, we have what I call a fireside chat because I'm by a fireside. It's a real fire, by the way. I am really me. It's a real chair. It's my really my house. It's really my office. It's all pretty real, completely unscripted, just a way to talk to you about what is on my mind and take your questions. And apparently, a lot of people feel it's worthwhile. I certainly want to make it uh, worth your time by saying things that can touch your life. So I always begin with a certain subject, and I think what I'd like to begin with is the president's speech and the whole issue of immigration, some thoughts. Obviously, this is something that could be talked about for hours, but I don't really think the, the basics really need hours. I think it's, they're pretty fundamental things. If you, if you love your society, you want to protect it. If you love your society, your country, you want to maintain not its race, not its ethnicity, but its values if you have distinctive values. America has very distinctive values. My problem with mass immigration is not ethnicity or race. I couldn't care less. It's all values. See, America has distinctive values. One of them is liberty is dependent upon small government. The bigger the government, the less the liberty. It's so obvious that I, uh, I, I don't understand how common sense can suggest anything else. The, the less that there are people constraining you, the more freedom you have. Now, that might mean you even have freedom to do bad things. That, that's, that's a very real issue. And the founders of the United States had an answer. Their answer to the problem of, well, if the government isn't strong, what will keep people from doing bad things like killing each other and stealing from each other and kidnapping and so on, is that they have a very strong sense of obligation not to government, but to God. That's what America was founded on. Now, you may be an atheist, but you have to admit it's pretty darn logical because you're going to, you have to feel accountable to someone other than yourself. Okay, let's, let's begin with that. That's, that's like as naive as you can get. Oh, I don't have to be accountable to people or God. I'm accountable to my own conscience. Excuse me. That's narcissism. That is self-worship. It doesn't work. Are you, is, is everybody self, uh, how, how about speeding on the roads? Is, uh, do people speed when the uh, cops are around, uh, when the highway patrol is around? No, they don't because they're accountable. When they're accountable to their conscience, they do 80 in a 55 mile per hour zone. I think it's, a, it's, it's just a, a logical example. And you know, you're not a bad person if you speed, but let's be honest. You're not doing what the law asks you to do if you're not accountable to anyone other than you. So it's either going to be God or government. America was founded on the notion that we have inalienable rights, not from government, but from God. That is in the Declaration of Independence. By the way, I, think, I hope that this is true for any country. I think American values are exportable. I wrote a whole book on that called Still the Best Hope analyzing Islamism, leftism, and Americanism, the three rivals for humans' allegiance today philosophically. 
So anyway, back to the original issue. We have distinctive values in the United States of America. The more people that come in with other values, the more diluted those values will be. That, that's the way it is. It used to be that people came to the United States to adopt our values. That was the way it was in the, in the early 20th century, the first half of the 20th century, the 19th century. Vast numbers of people came, but they wanted to be Americans. Now vast numbers of people come, not all by any means, because they want a place to benefit them financially and in other ways. By the way, that's completely understandable. As I have said thousands of times, well, thousands 850 times. I have probably said on my radio show and in speeches and in writing, if I were a Mexican or a Guatemalan or El Salvadoran or a Honduran or a Guatemalan or a Brazilian or an Argentinian, I would do everything possible to get into the United States of America. The freest country on earth is just uh, walkable to, as we just saw for, with the, the so-called caravan, people coming from Honduras, which is south of Mexico, it's walkable to this unbelievably free, giving, generous country. Why would I stay in what, by the way, are most of the time corrupt societies? Doesn't mean the people are bad. I love Latin Americans, and I have been to almost every Latin American country. I have taken hundreds and thousands of people there because I love it so much. I have taken trips uh, with my listeners there. But the truth is, there's a lot more corruption and corrupt governments in Latin America than in Canada or the United States, North America. I would leave. But the problem is very many of these people want to bring with them the values that enable that corruption to begin with, namely big government. That's going to end the American experiment. My problem with mass immigration is not, as I said, and I'll say it again, race or ethnicity or anything like that. Would, would I not prefer uh, uh, 500,000 people from Africa who shared my values than 500,000 people from Europe who didn't share my values? Well, it's not even an issue. I don't know one conservative who even would have an issue with that question. We don't care about race. The left cares about race. The left is preoccupied with race. We are preoccupied with values. So if you want small government, if you want to take care of yourself, the American dream is you take care of yourself first, you take care of your family second, you take care of your community third. That's the dream. Not the, the dream of the left everywhere on earth, not just America, is the government takes care of me, that the government takes care of my family, the government takes care of my community. It's the antithesis of the American dream. Leftism and Americanism are antithetical poles. So that's my first issue about people coming in in vast numbers. Second is, illegally, we have no idea who is coming into the United States or what they're bringing in, obviously. Do you allow that to happen in your home? Why do you have locks on your home? When the Democrats say, oh, we want to be symbolized by the Statue of Liberty, not by a wall, what are they talking about? Is every home that has, has a security barrier symbolized by the security barrier? The president put it very well. It's not that we dislike the people outside of America. It's that we love the people inside of America. Why isn't that obvious? It is obvious. But the, the, the denial of the obvious has become pretty rampant in our time. That's, that's all this is about. A, a, a wall won't work. Drones will work. 
electronic surveillance will work? How are they going to work with, uh, with thousands of people at a time? We'll monitor every car? Yeah, but not everybody's coming in by car. They're walking over a, a porous border. The only thing that works is a barrier. Whether it's steel, whether it's wood, concrete, I, 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 don't, I, I have no interest in what it's made of. By the way, almost every one of these Democrats 10 years ago supported the idea of a, a barrier, of a wall. We, we, you could see the videos of them on the internet. But uh, the, the, the Democratic Party is no longer a liberal party. It's a left-wing party. Watch, why don't you, why don't you Google, funny for me to advocate you Google anything, but Google uh, President Clinton State of the Union Address Immigration. He will sound, he will sound to you uh, exactly like any Republican today. But that was when uh, we had a liberal president. President Clinton was a liberal, not a leftist. His wife is a leftist, but, but Bill Clinton was a liberal. And he was adamant, and, and everybody gave him a standing ovation when he spoke about it, Democrats and Republicans. So much has changed in 20 years, it's, 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 almost, it's almost incredible. Every country has a right to do that. But you see, the left doesn't really believe in countries. The left loathes, loathes the notion of nationalism. This is a very big philosophical part of this debate. They would really like open borders, just like the Schengen rules in, in, in Europe, where you can go from country to country with no passport. Just go across the border. And they believe that's wonderful. The idea that you know, that France should remain French or Holland remain Dutch is to them primitive. The elite from the Pope to the editors of the BBC, of Le Monde in France or Der Spiegel in Germany, they all believe that simpletons believe in nation states. The sophisticated believe in a world community. And uh, as I've often said on my radio show, when I hear the words world opinion, I, I get so annoyed. World opinion has done nothing for the suffering humans. What did world opinion do for the Armenians? What did world opinion do for the Jews? What did world opinion do for the Tutsis? What did world opinion do for the 60 million Chinese that uh, Mao starved to death? World opinion? Tell me where world opinion has saved lives. While, while we are honoring world opinion, people have died in the tens of millions. World opinion. Good people stop bad people. Good nations stop bad nations. Not world opinion. And not the United Nations. The United States has done a lot more good for the world than the United Nations. Is my dog... In the, uh, in the thing. You know what? You're very special, Otto. It is really a shame you don't see Otto's face, a face that can best be described as one only his mother could love. His mother is my wife, essentially, and uh, she loves his face. I love his face, too, I must say. Otto, but, Otto, if you turn around, I'll rub your back. Say hello to everybody, Otto. No, not to me. Okay, there's a chance. Oh, there's no chance. He's leaving. Uh... 
dogs are a crack up. My view of uh, pets is if they don't make you laugh, eh, they're not really uh, worth it that much. I know a lot of people will differ, but uh, but you know what? They bring it. They should bring your, your your laughter and smiles. Of course they should. Anyway, that's the story, my friends. It's it's so elementary. Of course we need a barrier. Barriers don't work. <laughs> Israel went from <coughs> a thousand people being blown up by uh, Palestinian terrorists uh, to z- uh, virtually zero being blown up because there's a barrier up. What do you mean they don't work? Or how about this this other, oh, the line, this line, uh, this is going to be a little gross. And some of you may not even know the reference because you don't get them on airplanes anymore. But this line really necessitates a um, an air sickness bag. We should build bridges, not walls. Those are the lines that mean nothing. They mean nothing. They are a form of self-pleasure. They are non-sexual self-pleasure, those lines. They make the speaker feel wonderful about him or herself, but they mean nothing. It means nothing. What does it mean we'll build bridges? Not What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. That's the problem. You, a society has a right to protect itself. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Just like any home has the right to protect itself. And I regard my country as my home, as those of you watching in Bulgaria should, should view Bulgaria as your home. It is a beautiful thing when people regard their country as their home and take care of it and don't litter, for example. When people throw garbage out of their cars, I know one thing. They do not regard this city, this state, this country as their home because they wouldn't throw garbage in their home. It's a good, healthy thing to regard your, your nation as your home. Okay? So, some thoughts on the whole uh, barrier, wall, and borders issue. Okay, time for your questions. All right, here we go. Cancel. There we go. All right, Ian, 23. 23 is the age, in case you're curious. 23, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, USA. Garfield is to lasagna as Dennis Prager is to lasagna. No, no. I also love lasagna, but uh, although I'm very low, I eat very little carbs. Uh, so what, what, if, if Garfield loves lasagna, what do I love? I love life. That's what I would say. That uh, lasagna is to Garfield as life is to Prager. I do. I love life. I've always loved life. It's, uh, I've, I, yeah, I was born with a love of life. That's why I, do you know, I am about to tell you something. I don't think I've ever actually said but I can say this because I know it to be true. I never in my life experienced boredom, even as a kid. I mean, I was bored in class, but I, uh, I overcame it by talking to the kid next to me. So I got thrown out most days in, in elementary school. I was thrown out in my elementary school so often they had a chair in the principal's office and they called it the Dennis Prager chair, which I thought was very cute. And uh, they did too because I made them laugh when I was in the office. But I, I love life. I, I really do. I, and that's why I'm interested in so many things from, from music 
uh, to to religion, to politics, to fountain pens and classical music, and and you name it. I just I am relentlessly interested and fascinated by life. By the way, that's the reason I never took drugs. I never needed artificial excitement, and I also even as a kid uh, in high school, I didn't understand. I remember when I was young, you know, college and so on, kids would say, oh, man, sex on, you know, on marijuana, you that's the best. And I kept thinking, at 22, you need marijuana to have excitement and sex? I mean, I thought that at 22. I didn't understand it. Sex is pretty exciting. <laughs> you, need, you, need a, you need marijuana to enhance it? That's not a good sign. Maybe, you know, if you're 84 and things are getting a little boring, all right, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but folks, at 22, at 32, at 42, I don't get it. Life is pretty, pretty interesting. So I never understood when my kids, poor kids, they would say to me, and it didn't happen often, as you will understand, if they'd say, Dad, I'm bored. I had a very simple answer, no matter what age they were, 5 or 15. No, you're not bored. You're boring. And now ended that. <laughs> I was right. People who are bored are boring. Life is so interesting. I mean, if you're in solitary confinement, it can get pretty boring. But if you're not in solitary confinement and you're in a free society, like 95% of you watching this, wherever you are, if you're bored, it's your problem, not society's problem. So anyway, yes, so that's probably my answer, life. But again, under life, I could fill in a million things that I love. Okay. Thank you, Ian in Milwaukee. Edward, 21, Bartlett, Tennessee. In what ways has President Trump changed the presidency? Changed the presidency as we know it. I have no idea if he's changed the presidency. I don't know. It's a good question, and I don't know the answer. I think only the future will tell if he has changed it at all. Uh, he... Uh, he he has changed uh, his presidency is different from all other presidencies in in both good and bad ways I acknowledge I, some of his rhetoric is not something I support but uh, I don't I don't judge him by his rhetoric I judge him by his deeds by his actions and he has made America better and he has made the world better uh, as it happens and maybe, you know what, I'll give you a scorecard on this president in a future uh, fireside chat. But I don't know if he's changed the presidency. I don't, I'm not sure if, uh, if one person can change the presidency, as, uh, as the question implies. Okay, Robert, 19, San Diego, Texas. Do you prefer a certain brand of accordion? I, I, okay, I, I have to say I am honored by the fact that somebody would even ask me that. I'm honored because it means you know a very uh, dark secret of mine that I play the accordion. Uh, I don't have a favorite brand because I can't name any brands of accordion. I've, I, I play it very rarely, but I'll, I want to tell you how I got to play it. This, is, this actually fits into the, to the bore, boring issue somewhat, or it certainly was I was a kid. I was 13 years old. I, I remember this so vividly. So I was 13 years old in my, my parents' home in Brooklyn, New York. And I did no homework. I refused to do any homework until college. College, I did a lot of work. In high school, I did no homework. In elementary school, I did no homework. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, and I also 
was neither permitted nor really desired to watch television. I was never a big television person. So I read a lot and I thought a lot and I had a lot of hobbies. It's not like I was bored, but my parents correctly said, you know, if you don't do homework, they knew they couldn't force me to do homework because they couldn't force me basically to do anything. I, I was an unforceable child in some ways. So uh, I was a good kid, but I, was, I did my own thing. So they said, so what are you going to do? If you're not going to watch television and you're not going to do homework, what are you going to do every night? So I, so I said, I don't know, play a musical instrument? Or they said play a musical instrument. I don't remember whose suggestion. But somebody said, oh, would you play a musical instrument? So there was not, there's no Prager in recorded history <coughs> who played a musical instrument or could read music. <clears throat> but uh, I figured... What the hell? <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. So I will, I'll, I'll take up a musical instrument. And here was the great moment. So they said, which one? Or I said, which one? I, I don't remember who said what. One of us said, which one? Nobody had an answer. So we said, let's look up musical instruments in the yellow pages. The yellow pages, this is before internet, were... Uh, there were two types of phone books, white pages and yellow pages. White pages were names of people. Yellow pages were businesses. So the yellow pages is if you want, you know, you wanted to find a plumber in your neighborhood, you looked under P for plumbers, they gave you a list. So I, we, we opened up the yellow pages to musical instruments. Well, guess what came up first? A for accordion. So I said, okay, I'll play accordion. They said, I'll play accordion. It's not like we gave a lot of thought, obviously, to the issue. So I, a uh, great Italian guy living in uh, near near my house who gave lessons, Peter Luisetti. I'll never forget uh, his name. I obviously have not forgotten his name. And I played accordion. And I learned to read music, fell in love with music, fell in love with playing an instrument. Unfortunately, it had nothing to do with classical music, but I didn't love classical music then. It took me a few years later, then I picked up an immediate love for classical music, and then I took piano because there's a lot more classical music for piano than for accordion, which is like an overstatement. It's like saying Mount Everest is taller than a pimple. It's just, uh, it's not comparable. Anyway, that's how it started. And uh, I last played accordion, believe it or not, at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, which not many people could say. It's one of the most you know, prominent concert halls in the world. I conducted an orchestra. That's one of the things, by the way, I did when I wasn't doing homework and wasn't watching TV. I taught myself to read symphonic scores and taught myself to conduct. I'm very proud of that because I'm really an autodidact in many ways, self-taught. I love learning on my own. I also love learning from others. But anyway, I fell in love with music and I played the night that I conducted a Haydn symphony at the, uh, this was in the summer of 2017. Uh, the night that I conducted a Haydn symphony, the regular conductor of the orchestra then conducted Beethoven's fifth and then this man, who was a member of the Los Angeles Philharmonic Violin Section, he played America the Beautiful on the saw. The saw. You know, saw? With a bow, with his violin bow. That's how good he is. And I accompanied him on accordion. And there were 
the, the place was sold out. I think it's 2,000 something people. And there wasn't a dry eye in the place. As the people with the orchestra in the background, me on accordion and him and he on the saw, people singing America the Beautiful, standing up. It was really powerful. I wish we could release that for general viewing, but uh, the union rules don't allow you to do that in, in the, uh, from the Walt Disney Hall. I don't know why, but anyway, maybe one day. Okay. See, a lot, of, a lot on accordion. Jacob 20, Stafford, Virginia. Why do you think the U.S. keeps a seemingly unholy alliance with Turkey? Do you think this relationship should be ended? It's a big problem, Turkey, under Erdogan. Turkey was a real ally of the West before Erdogan. From Ataturk at the end of World War I until, until then, it was, it was a link between the Muslim world and the Western world. But Erdogan is an Islamist, and, that's, uh, and, uh, and is uh, a t somewhat of a tyrannical leader as well. So it's a very big problem, but uh, Turkey is a member of NATO, and it's, it's hard to sever relations in that way. There's no, good, there's no good answer to it. Turkey has also been somewhat of an ally uh, with regard to uh, uh, Syria, so it's, uh, uh, but it's also been uh, very problematic. You know, Turkey has led the outcry against the Saudi killing of Khashoggi, uh, but uh, they uh, they jail and kill uh, journalists far more than the Saudis do. But who reports that? All right, Catherine, 18, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Hi, Catherine. Which steps need to be taken culturally and politically to end abortion in America? Do you see an end in the near future? I have one step. I'm a one-step man on this issue. You could watch my Prager University video on this. I, I am more interested that Americans be, and any humans, be morally clear about abortion than I am even in banning it. Because if we don't have moral clarity, nothing else matters. And the dismissal of the human fetus as essentially a, a pimple... Uh, that bothers the female who has the pimple, namely the mother carrying, carrying it, is mind-blowing. It, it's, it's the, it's the, this, by the way, utterly unscientific view that it's nothing. I mean, that's the way. I, I debated a man, I'll never forget. Uh, I debated a man uh, uh, on this issue many years ago, and I said, you know... You seem to regard the human fetus as essentially a pimple. He said, yes, that's right. I regard it as a pimple. And a woman has the right to remove a pimple. By the way, to show you how absurd it is, but again, watch the video, because it's, you know, every word is well chosen and pre-written that I wrote for it in, in my video on abortion. It's just, I just want, I'm not, I have, I say in the beginning, I'm not talking about legality. I'm just talking about morality and common sense. Is it really worth nothing? Before we, we ask the question of women's rights and so on, just ask how, that's a fair question, by the way, but it's also a fair question. Does that being have any rights to live? <laughs> 
Maybe they're competing rights. Say anything you want, but don't say a woman can do what she wants with her own body. It's not her body. It's in her body. Nobody prevents women doing what they want with their own bodies except the left. The left came out against silicone breast implants, not the right. Look it up for years. Women couldn't get it because the left said, oh, it leads to all sorts of bad things. So they didn't give any woman the right to choose for herself whether she would have a breast implant, a silicone breast implant. By the way, did they, did they give a Miss America contestants the right to vote on whether they would have a swimsuit competition? No. The, the feminists said no more swimsuit competition in the Miss America contest. They didn't take a vote among the contestants. They told them, you will not show up in a, in a swimsuit competition. If anybody bans women doing what they want with their own bodies, it's the left, ironically. The right doesn't ban women from doing what they want with their own bodies. They, they, they are against their doing whatever they want with another body. That's a totally different subject. So I'm for moral clarity on the issue. Uh, I can't believe that this is actually written to me, but why not? Connor, 21, Massachusetts. What is your favorite hairstyle and what brand of shampoo do you use? Believe it or not, I took this question. A, I, on number part one, I have no answer. I don't even know what a hairstyle is. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to define one. Is, is it about women? Is it about men? And the thought that I would even have a thought about a male hairstyle uh, is funny to me. Uh, and, um, uh, that's one of the things I totally leave to a woman. You choose the hairstyle you want. Uh, but, uh, I do believe it or not, have a lot of thoughts on shampoos. Uh, I, it's sort of a running joke with me and my friends. Cause I argue to them that I do have a female side. They say I do not. And I, my knowledge of shampoo is one example of, of, an, uh, of that. Most men don't, couldn't care less about shampoo. I am fascinated by shampoos as it happens okay but i don't I, uh, I don't use one brand i use four because if you use one brand all the time it dries out your scalp but you didn't know that connor 21 in massachusetts all right hovan j-o-v-a-n 19 compton california how do i deal with my negativity with negativity from my immediate family members concerning my decision to enlist in the, the marine corps well if your family is against your enlisting in the Marine Corps, you just give them a big hug and kiss uh, as you leave the house and join the Marines. There's, there's probably nothing you can do. There is a certain time in every person's life, not in every, in, in most people's lives, where they just have to say, I love my parents or I love my family. Or maybe you don't, by the way. Not everybody loves their family, and I acknowledge that. But Or I honor my family, but I, I will be guided by a, my conscience, and I will do X or Y or Z. And that, that's what you have to do. There aren't answers to a lot of these questions. Why, why would any parent in America, if my, one of my kids wanted to join the Marine Corps, I, I would be levitating. I mean, I, I think it would be so beautiful. Want to serve this country? I mean, how do your parents think they got the freedoms that they got? Now, if they don't think they're free, you've got really serious home problems beyond your enlisting in the Marine Corps. If you're in America, you're free. By the way, I think if you're in France, you're free too. It's not the only free country.
All right, I'll, uh, oh boy. How, how are we doing on time? 32. Oh boy, I have great, so we'll do it next time. Got more great questions. So listen, everybody, uh, I hope this has been uh, of uh, interest to you. I'd like, I'd like touching your lives. That's what matters to me. That's the reason I do this. So what can I tell you? Watch PragerU videos. You can help us out. We're doing a lot of good work. Donations are always deeply uh, uh, acknowledged and with great gratitude. And a reminder, the great project of my last decade of putting out a five-volume commentary of the first five volumes of the Bible. It's called The Rational Bible. The first volume was published last year. The next volume, Genesis, is being published this year. You can pre-order it on Amazon. It's meant to change your life, even if you're an atheist. Because it's the greatest book ever written, and I try to explain why. It's called The Rational Bible. In the meantime... Have a wonderful week, and I will see you next week. From my home to yours, thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.